Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trouble Trouble Podcast, a queer music podcast. It's a podcast where we look at albums that you're probably very familiar with, but through a queer lens. And, uh, you know, we just talk about music and what we love about it and that sort of thing. Um, as you know, sometimes we do have special guests, and this week we do have a very special guest. This is the former podcast host of Black Girls Do Stuff Too, and maybe more popularly known for her uh, chef work. She's a chef extraordinaire, Monique Manning. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. When I was bringing back the show, I was like, who do we have to get on the show? And you were at the top <laughs> of my list. Oh my goodness, that just makes me feel so good. Yes. Before we get too far into this episode, though, I did want to give you a chance to like basically uh, promote whatever you like, really. You can tell us about Lindsay- Lizzie Angel, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Lizzie Angel is my lifestyle brand. Um, it started out really as a blog to share recipes because I had lost a lot of weight and people wanted to kind of get the recipes I used to do that. And it's expanded now to include not just recipes, but little bites of my life, especially on social media. And so on all social media platforms, you can find me at Lizzie Angel, but I'm most active on Twitter at BLK Girls Do Stuff. And on TikTok, my um, handle is Hey Y'all, it's Neek, and that's N-I-K. And so, yeah, I just I just love it. I, I like to cook things um, that really make you feel good inside, not just from a perspective of like losing weight, because I think no food should really be off limits to you. It's all about moderation. Right. And yeah, so just I love that. People good recipes to feel good inside. And during these months, it's a lot of stews and a lot of soups. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, this is the thing is I love soups, but then I tend not to well, I, I am not great at making them. Um, so, you know, like my options are to like go buy a pre-made soup out of a can. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and then I always see like the sodium level. And I'm like, I yeah. just can't do it to myself. So yeah. I I need to come and, and you do have a, a cookbook that you can purchase too, right? Yes, I have. Um, I think I'm on my fourth cookbook now. And two are free. Um, you can actually get them from just signing up for my newsletter. I don't bombard you. I pretty much just send out kind of an update of what's been going on the last week or two. And then some exclusive content where you get access to recipes early. And then um, I have two for purchase, which are low carb focused. But if you're not low carb, it's super easy. You can switch out things like cauliflower rice for regular rice or bread for keto bread. So it's meant to be flexible for any type of eating style, but focused for people who want to be low carb or have to be low carb for medical reasons, but have a hard time kind of putting meals together. Yes, definitely. So if if for nothing else, go sign up for her mailing list and you can get two free cookbooks. I mean... (laughs) you can't complain about that exactly (laughs) um so i'm definitely gonna be like perusing those pages for like soup recipes because i do like soup but i just i just don't want all that sodium yeah it's hard anything that you get that's kind of pre-made you know to preserve it to make sure it doesn't go bad there is usually a higher sodium level in there and that's something that i think as a people like country we all need to watch oh definitely it's like, and you know, they always try and like uh, get you to because they'll be like, oh, there's only like this like small amount of sodium, but it's for like a fourth of the can or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, all right, like I guess I could make that work, but then I'm just gonna be hungry. Right. <laughs> <Pass out>. um, 
<laughs> flat out for real. So um, I guess kind of like venturing closer to the album review, we have a, a couple of mini topics today that I wanted to discuss with you. Yeah. Um, let's start with, well, since we're talking about cooking and making things, let's talk about listening to music while cooking. Mm. Is that something that you do? Yeah. So um, it, most of my day I'm listening to music. Like my dad asked me the other day, he's like, is the only thing you do is listen to music and watch movies? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> like I'm mostly listening to music and when I'm cooking with the exception of when I'm going to be recording and using the audio, um, mm-hmm. I always have music going in the background. It's just a mood booster. And depending on what type of meal I'm making, it kind of helps me to unlock that part of my creativity. So like, I did a Valentine's Day recipe. It was very like kind of sexy film, dark mm-hmm. movie. And so I had on just like kind of slow jams playing. And when I'm doing something a little bit more fun for kids, I like to have on like kind of the TikTok hits that I know that they're watching on their phones and things. So oh, yeah. you know, I try to put it in my mood because it comes through. I think the energy comes through in the video that people watch. I totally agree because I notice like, well, I don't often make like super involved recipes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when I do, I, I like to listen to music because it kind of like motivates me to like, you know, like, oh, like to do the recipe, I guess I should mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. because it's like, I mean, I'm sure you all know that, you know, baking and cooking, it can be like really time consuming. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just like don't want to do it. But then if like you're listening to music while you're cooking, it feels like much more of like of an experience. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Especially if you like to dance, like I love dancing. So most of the time you'll have like a little dance break or like uh-huh. something and it tastes real good and you hit a dance move because the music is going in the background. Like it's just such a mood booster. Definitely. So that's, that's definitely something I would recommend that people do. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that it's really like makes like, cooking not so bad so maybe if you've got like maybe if you're like cooking for your children if you're an older person like us listening (laughs) to to this podcast like you can you know make it more fun for yourself Mm -hmm. no 100% definitely throw on like your favorite jams or use my tip to like oh I'm cooking this style of food and it has this vibe or maybe I'm having people over or maybe I want to put this energy in my space so I'm going to play this song or this playlist or this album. And every time, like I've never been disappointed when I do that. Definitely. And that's like, what's really interesting too, is that um, different music can really like inspire different things. Yes. Like within us. Yes. 100%. Like I have different playlists for pretty much everything I do. I have a different playlist from when I'm working. Um, I have a different playlist for when I am kind of working on my own brand stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm editing, when I'm um, cleaning, <laughs> when I'm cooking, like working out, like I have very specific playlists because they all kind of inspire me and motivate me in different ways. Definitely. And, and that's a good point, too, that you bring up is mm-hmm. uh, listening to music while like cleaning, because that is oh, yes. like similarly for me as cooking, like mm-hmm. it motivates me to clean because I'm like, oh, well, like, yeah, cleaning sucks, but I'm going to be like listening to music or maybe a podcast. Right. <laughs> maybe this one. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and one of the other many topics I wanted to talk to you about is like, what kind of music were you raised on? Because I know um, for me and I talked, I think I talked about it in the first season 
um, is that my parents, like what my parents were listening to influenced me a lot. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if that was a similar experience for you and what kind of music that was. Yeah, I think, I think in a way it did. Um, I love music from the eighties and nineties because it reminds me of my childhood. My parents are fairly young compared. Like they had me when they were, I'm about 20 years old, 1920, I think. And so, you know, whatever they were listening to as young adults, I was listening to as a child. So I've been influenced by that. But um, also my father is a musician. And so he just the fact of being around instruments and hearing him sing, he used to be in a band and things like that. That made me more of a musical fan. And so I really am drawn to things like 70s music where it was just a lot a lot of live instrumentation and like just such a vibe like every time I hear a song from the 70s I know it because I feel like I should be there and like my mom (laughs) the blues and so I'll listen to a lot of blues and jazz and things just things that are very instrument heavy I tend to really gravitate towards and growing up it's funny we mentioned cleaning Mm -hmm. because like a lot of black people will tell you when you on Saturday morning, when you heard either gospel or blues or jazz or something playing, <laughs> you knew it was time to get up and start cleaning. And no. I think that's what we're doing now. Like it was one hundred percent. And in our house, it was the Billie Holiday um, greatest hits album. When that came on, I just got up and started cleaning. She didn't even have to wake me up. I was like, I know what time it is, mom. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but that's a, that's a good album to have to clean to because it Billie is. Holiday is so amazing. Right, right. It's it's so great because like. Grew up loving Prince, grew up loving like Michael Jackson, these, these, you know, people they listen to. And, but my mom was really into like funk and soul and, yes. jazz and blues. And then my dad, he's definitely like an R&B guy and gospel person. Okay. And so like, and then he has his favorite, his favorite band is the Eagles. So every once in a while, some Eagles will slip in there and it was enough to get me really into kind of rock and um, alternative music as well. Yeah. And see, that's the thing too, is um, I know a lot of people complain about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like they'll induct, like, like for example, last year they had uh, Eminem and Dolly Parton, which are not mm-hmm. technically rock musicians. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, really, when you look at music, like everything came from like rhythm and blues. Right. So it's it's all like everything's related i think mm-hmm. and it's a lot about the attitude that you present with your music as well like i think you know you don't have you can be an r&b artist and be like a rock star like mary j blige or something oh, like that oh yeah 100% like like you said it all derives really from the same place and a lot of it is derivative of of uh specific cultures and so it's funny to see how uh different genre, certain genres like to gatekeep oh um, yeah <clears throat> considering their origins right so like you look at something like country which i love i grew up listening to country as well and so it's like i love country music but it's not until recently that you really saw successful black artists in country even though country is kind of directly related to soul music you know mm-hmm. so it's just it's just very wild to see that but i'm glad to have had an upbringing where I got to experience all sorts of music. And I had parents who liked a lot of different types of music, even if I like more types now, if they had only kind of pigeonholed me into one genre, I don't know that I would be like I am now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, my parents, like, I mean, we definitely listened to like what would I think be considered the oldies station. <laughs> <laughs> my, our music is the oldies station now. It, right, now. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. 
And now all of our like 90s alternative music is on the oldies station. Yes, or like <laughs> smooth rock or something. I said, get out of here. I know. <laughs> it's so wild. And a lot of um a lot of times I think I found an a uh, playlist on Spotify called Dad Rock, but it's like the <laughs> it's like the Foo Fighters and like all oh, songs no. like that that I like. <laughs> oh no. And I'm like, damn, I guess I like dad rock now. Right, I guess I do too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny how music changes like that. I mean, and and it's cool that you have like a a wide variety of music too, because I know some people, um, especially it feels like more now with like the the Zoomers and stuff like that. It feels like they're like more tuned in to music that's like from TikTok or that's like pop or on the radio Mm -hmm. or whatever's cool basically. Yeah, I kind of feel the same, except then every once in a while, I'm like so pleasantly surprised to see a younger artist who's really uh, into their craft and as a musician, or even if they're as like as a producer or a singer, and they're really into the music and not just trying to get popularity, because I think that has always been what made a great artist separate themselves from a good artist, right? Like someone who's oh, yeah. really about the music so that even if there's only two people listening to them anymore. They're still going to make great music because it's worth it to them and those two people who support them rather than like have seeking millions. You know, I mean, that's the that's the dream for a lot of artists, but it's it shouldn't be the ultimate motivator. Right. Oh, definitely. And like when when I mean, as you were describing all that, like one artist really came to mind and it's mm-hmm. her. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We we would consider her a young... I I don't know her age, but I would consider her a young artist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't know her either, but I feel like she's in our generation more than... Is she? I think so, because I remember being young and her being on Good Morning America. So She has been around for a minute, you know? So, like, maybe I'm just, like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know but um but I think but like even even so even if she's not like the zoomer age or whatever mm-hmm. I think I think what you said just is all very representative of her like because she is like so much about the music mm-hmm. and um kind of what we were talking about she really does blend like rock music with soul and R&B yeah she does a great job and because she's a musician I think that comes a little easier to her too you know yeah, I can talk, oh, yeah. talk about artistry all day because <laughs> that's really yeah. what makes me a fan of someone is feeling the passion of their craft um, as I as I watch them and listen to their music. Yes, definitely. And and I mean, she can she can do everything. Like, I don't know if you watched. There was some sort of like Beauty and the Beast, yeah, like yeah. tribute or something. Yeah, and I, I was watching the videos back that she was in, and I was just very impressed with her. And I'm, you know, Josh Groban is is great too, I guess. <laughs> but I really liked her because she like to me she puts on more of a show than he does. Yeah, like I think it's like different type of performance, right? He's very Definitely. theatrical, like mm-hmm. which <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for people who are on stage and do musicals and other types of live vocal performance, like classically trained type artists, but. Yeah, it's. I think for a TV special, it was kind of combining the best of both worlds to try to draw in all sorts of art audiences and not just one, like not banging it all on her and leaving just one kind of demographic or of a 
audience to tune in you know definitely and and what i liked too is that they like fully incorporated her artistry into the performances Mm -hmm. on there like that you know they gave her her moments with her guitar and Mm -hmm. things like that and um just amazing guitar player amazing singer Uh, looks cool as fuck all the time (laughs) like i just like want to be here basically (laughs) i think we all do But um, but yeah, so that's uh, that that was such a great moment. But yeah, I think music is um, an influence is really that's always been really interesting to me. So I'm glad to, that we got to know you a little bit better, and by virtue like your parents and kind of like all that fun stuff. Yeah, thank you for asking that. That was good. That was good to walk down. It's a nice walk down memory lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time to discuss. The main album now. All right, let's go ahead and get into our album review here. Of course, you know, we have a special album. Uh, our theme this season is sophomore slump. Is that happening or not <laughs> with the album? So this week we are um, discussing TLC's second release, Crazy Sexy Cool. This was released on November 15th in 1994. Uh, TLC reunited with producers Dallas Austin, Babyface, and Jermaine Dupree with contributions from Sean Combs, a.k.a. Puff Daddy. The album's <laughs> lyrical content was seen as a departure from the group's debut and was seen as more of a coming-of-age project, which explored themes such as sexuality, romanticism, inexperience, and youthful optimism. Uh, the background recording of this album deals a lot with Lisa Left Eye Lopez's personal struggles, including alcoholism and abusive relationship, uh, which caused her role on this album to be diminished because she was in rehab. However, the album is met with critical success and has debu- and debuted at number three on the Billboard Top 200, where it stayed for two whole years. And it was certified platinum 12 times by the RIAA. And that makes TLC the first girl group in history to be awarded diamond status. That's incredible. Amazing. So... I think that's like a really interesting sort of like generalized backup story. You know, like, of course, I think now, mm-hmm. more modern day, when we talk about TLC, people talk about uh, Left Eye a lot. Yes. She unfortunately, you know, passed away many years ago, but uh, she was such a talent. And, uh, I, you know, I talked a little bit about her being in rehab. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, too, and some of the other questions I have for you. Mm-hmm. But um. But I think, you know, I think what I read is that that's, she's kind of like a product of those issues as well, growing up in her own home. Mm-hmm. I had heard that too. I think they did a unsung about her. Yeah. And so it's like really unfortunate, you know, that sort of thing, just kind of like alcoholism and drugs and stuff. And well, basically just addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, addiction just runs in in the family. Like, so... Uh, you know, it's just really unfortunate that sh- that was where sh- what she was born into and stuff like that. And that's not to like diminish her talent or anything by mm-hmm. any sense of the word. She's immensely talented and stuff like that. And I really wanted to like make that known like as like, you know, this is the history of like what was happening at the time of the record. But mm-hmm. we're not here to diminish like um, Lisa's talent. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of artists 
as you have seen throughout history, whether they're singers or actors or even chefs, they suffer a lot of times from things like this, uh, whether it be because of how they grew up or the environment of the industry. So it's very unfortunate that a lot of times that overshadows their talents. Yeah, it really does. So I just I just wanted to like make that clarification before we got too far into this. <laughs> um, what What is your sort of like memory of the album like when it first came out? So in 1994, I was in elementary school. Um, Same. <laughs> and, you know, I could listen. I knew a lot of these songs because I had cousins who are um, older than me. So when I was born, the next youngest cousin was five years older than me already. Okay. So a lot of my cousins I'd hang out with, so I get to hear these songs. So when it dropped, it wasn't like a big thing for me. But I remember when I started hearing, like, I remember Creep. So specifically, oh, yeah. like, I remember Creep. I remember my cousins loved Creep. They were wearing dark lipstick, wearing the two ponytails and the bangs. Like, I wanted to do it, but, you know, my mom's like, you're a child. So, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> she was but, like, you'll have your time. Exactly. So, like, as a, as a album dropping... I don't think it affected me as much like an album dropping in my teenage years or adult years has, but I just remember kind of starting to recognize the influence of, oh, that's a music video that has this. And now my cousins are doing it too. You know, things like that. Definitely. Uh, for me, I think that for, well, for, I mean, I, we both grew up in the, um, uh, MTV TRL yes. uh, days with music videos and when, yeah. you know, when music videos were actually like more seen and more popular. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I distinctly remember so many, so many TLC music videos, not just from this album, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, I mean, of course, like the main one was like waterfalls yeah. and it was such an innovative music video at the time because, you know, they were like, people and then they were water <laughs> right right it was like um the future <laughs> yeah it really was they were so futuristic with their vision mm-hmm. and i just well i thought that was the coolest thing but also too like i remember like just seeing like these three like strong beautiful women and i was like you know sort of like i think that like looking back i think that was sort of like you know part of like my uh like gender journey like being mm-hmm. like these mm-hmm. people are like these girls are so cool like i wish i could be like them yeah mm-hmm. and so i remember that just like being like really into them like i mean to me tlc like they were just everywhere back in the day they were and if, you know i i of course with this album especially like i i was more of like a fan of like you know, what would come on TRL, like I said. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I wasn't as familiar with like the songs that aren't the hits on this album, but um, they are still enjoyable songs. And I really, really like the interludes a lot. Yes. I, I miss that in albums. I was just thinking about that on um, the other day, how I miss interludes on albums, like whether it be like a skit or just like a really short song. I remember so many albums, that had interludes where the interlude that was like a minute long was my favorite song on the album, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. It, <laughs> and it's like, it's a nice breakup between the music. It's a great way to help tell the story that they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, what are some of your favorite songs from the album? Oh, that's funny. It has not changed since I first like sat down on the <laughs> album, like as my own music fan, you know? 
Um, so digging on you has been my favorite ever since I saw the music video. <laughs> it's it's my like favorite song on the album, and I think it has a lot to do with just the arrangement of the uh, vocals along mm-hmm. with the music. I just think it blends so like it's so good, and it sounds like it could have been released in '94 and any time up till now. Like it's a song that oh, yeah. just like last stands the test of time. Um, I think I'd be remiss to say like the singles aren't, I love them like waterfalls and, uh, and creep and even red light special, which I also really love. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's all good ones. <laughs> yes. And I think like one that wasn't a single that I really liked is uh kick your game because that reminds me of, uh, it's very Jermaine Dupree. It reminds me of escape. Like I've, I've always like really liked that one too. That's, this is so funny that you mention all this because we have similar like things that we like about the album. Well, of course, we're besties. <laughs> um, so um, I, I wrote that my two favorites were Creep and Waterfalls, which are, you know, of course, maybe like the two biggest hits from the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I made like a subcategory that was uh, underrated bops. And there... <laughs> I, I kid, I'm not even like joking. I'm not adding this for like to be cool or whatever yeah. but my underrated bops were digging on you yes <laughs> kick your game yes <laughs> and and the one addition i have to that is the sexy interlude because oh, that was yeah. my favorite interlude yes that, that's a good interlude that's a good interlude. <laughs> that one just made me laugh so much because you know getting sexy and the guy is like getting into it and then she's <laughs> like i need some tissue to wipe my ass <laughs> Uh, I love that. It, yeah. I love their humor. They, yeah, they always had like good, like good uh, humor, and then just like chemistry between the three of them when they would do like skits or even do um, like guest appearances on shows and things. They're always good. They're always like they were always so personable and everything, mm-hmm. and, and still are in concert. You know, yeah. I, I, you see videos of them still touring, and uh, and they're still just as good as 1994. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So now we are going to. Uh, well, we don't like to say that there are bad songs on the album because it's all personal taste. Mm-hmm. Um. But there are there any songs on here that you would skip or not want to listen to the next time you listen to the album? Yeah, probably for me. One is if I was your girlfriend, and I just think that has a lot to do with the fact that I'm such a big Prince fan. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't really just like halfway do that. In my opinion, okay. if you're gonna do, you. you know, like if you're gonna do a Prince song, you gotta do a Prince song, and so like that one, I, I don't typically listen to. And um, oh, what's the other one? Uh, Case of the Fake People. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's not like I'll listen to it like when I'm first revisiting the album after a long time, I'll listen to it and sing along. But then when I keep listening to it, because anytime I listen to an album, I listen to it about five times. <laughs> I don't listen to right. it anymore. So probably those two stick out to me the most. Definitely. I, I would have to agree with those two that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to add one of my own to the mm-hmm. list. <laughs> and that is Take Our Time. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's not that it's a bad song. I I, I, have, I also have like I, undiagnosed ADD. <laughs> so <laughs> like I have like a hard time focusing on like slower music and stuff like that mm-hmm. in general. So you know, that's not, like I said, doesn't take away the talent or like right. if, if this is your favorite song from Crazy Sexy Cool, like let it be your favorite song and, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, I ha- I will not disagree with you, but just for me personally, it was like a song that I could be like, mm, I could take it or leave it. 
Yeah, I think for me, like slow songs from TLC always work better when there's at least a good tempo, like uh, drum kind of oh, yeah. groove in the background. So like, I think that's what works so well for like Digging On You. That's worked mm-hmm. really good for Creep. Even Red Light Special, it's slower, but it's still like if you listen, it has distinct drum in the background, like to keep the tempo. And so without that, it to me they're not their strongest when they're doing like ballads if that makes sense yeah i can i can see that even waterfalls has like that beat in mm-hmm. the background that kind of mm-hmm. keeps you know you it, it, the song feels like it's continuing to move forward yes yeah so i i can see that i did want to ask if you had any favorite lyrics off the album and what they mean to you oh that's a good one um let me see Probably okay, so I can name a few. So in digging on you, I would say it's just the um it's kind of that bam. So like that, oh I do, I feel the way I do when all I can mm-hmm. think about is you like that is when I have a crush on someone, right? That's how I feel the whole <laughs> Like I'm like, why? Why am I here right now? What is this? I am trying to just be cool and I can't because I'm crushing, you know? And so like that's how that whole song kind of comes across. And but then, you're also probably like walking around your apartment singing that to yourself. Basically, <laughs> I'm so um, my whole life was a musical. I wish it was. Um, yes. And then I would say probably all of the lyrics and waterfalls, simply because at the time it was released, and even now looking back on it and relating it to today, people were that was a time where uh, artists were putting a lot of issues in their music. And this was such a big song that the issues reached the people. So they talked about gun violence. They talked about the AIDS epidemic at the time. Um, And, you know, you have Lisa who's kind of singing about her own struggles internally as well when she's doing her rap kind of part. And so like that entire song lyrically, I love. And I think that's why it's still so good today. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I think when the song waterfalls first came out i think i was just sort of like i don't think i like looked too like deep into it or anything like that because <laughs> i was um nine <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but uh but looking back like on it you know throughout the years like it, as the song like meant more and more to me i think like i also picked like basically all of my lyrics from waterfalls because mm-hmm. that was the song that like means the most to me from the album yeah um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to, you know, include don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that whole sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Boz actually explained like in an MTV past, present and future episode saying, for those that don't understand what chasing a waterfall is, let me break it down. It's like, don't take life for granted. The first verse, I'm talking about a little boy. He's a street kid. He's selling drugs, ends up dead because his mother always tried to tell him, don't do that. But he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. He was chasing the waterfall. So there's many waterfalls you can have. Alcoholism, uh, anything is a waterfall in life. Mm -hmm. So don't go chasing the wrong types of thing in life. Stay what is good for you. And I think that's like really a great motto to live by, really. Yeah, I agree. Like the song is really deep and people are just like, oh, it's just a bop. But I'm like, no, like they're talking about a little bit of everything, just having a hard life. Like you said, gun violence, selling drugs, like people doing what they have to do. But then you got the parents who are like concerned for their children. There's so much that happens in this song that I think lyrically, it's probably one of the best 
songs that have come out during my lifetime. Um, I, yeah. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I, the other, I did want to quote another little part from the song from Lisa's rap because this mm-hmm. is like the first like couple lines are my favorite. She mm-hmm. says, "I seen a rainbow yesterday, but so, but too many storms have come and gone, leaving a trace of not one God given ray." Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think that like that hook into that rap is like probably one of the most iconic ones mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> In in uh, her last days of Left Eye documentary, yeah, she says, uh, "Yeah, the rap on waterfalls is based on a true story. I was at the diversion center at the time, serving out my sentence. I got out on a two-hour break to go to the studio to listen to the song TLC was working on called Waterfalls." On the way, I was admiring the streets, the buildings, the trees, the sky, and I looked up. There was this rainbow. I was like, wow, this place we live in never meant so much to me till now. If you read the lyrics, it pretty much describes what was going on around me. Believe in yourself um, and the rest is up to me and you, which is the end of her uh, rap is also really like such a great way to get back, not only back into the song, mm-hmm. but just another great life motto. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I think it also, like, if you listen to how it starts and then you get to the end, like, it, it does start off a little sad, right? <laughs> like, it's a little sad when you kind of think about what the implications are to get to a rainbow. You have to go through storms. And she's saying there's been so many. Um, there's no light from it. Like, she talks about wiping away tears and all this. But by the end, she's like, you know what? we can get through it. We can make it. And part of that is going to start with you internally. So like deal with what you got to deal with, but you can, you can pull through. And I love that. Yeah. That's such a great message and such an optimistic message too, especially since she was, you know, serving time at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with this, was she, I think was she serving time because this is around the time she had accidentally burned down her man's house. Accidentally. No, (laughs) Well, she set the shoes on fire on purpose. Right, right, right. I don't think it meant didn't mean to burn the whole house, the whole down. house down. But yeah, I believe so. I think uh, right before, it was in between the two albums that that happened. Yeah. They were serving the sentence uh, while they were recording. Definitely. Yeah, they had a very uh, troubled relationship, yeah, I would guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not here to, like, necessarily point out, like, people's flaws or whatever because we all have our own shit that we uh go through 100 percent. but um the the main reason why i just bring up these things like with her struggling with alcoholism and stuff like that is just to show that um just to, well a to provide some background information as to like what was going around in the band's uh you know life at this time just to kind of i think that like really helps to understand the album a little bit more mm-hmm. and um but also to just to show that like you know, a lot of times, like, artists, like, are really, um, you know, people that struggle with, like, different things and th- and stuff like that. And it doesn't make you, like, any worse of a person. Um, it, you know, it's just a struggle, a hurdle that we have to get through in life. And we all have those. Those are just different for other people. I agree with that. And I love that message. Yes. Um, so now, of course, we have gotten to the most uh, important part, which is rating the album. <laughs> so if you can give me an, a rating out of uh, one to ten, and obviously the higher the number gets, the better the album is to you. Ooh, okay. I would probably rank this album at like a seven and a half, I think. 
Okay. Let's and seven and a half, yeah. Again, in uh, strange coincidences, I also rated this album seven and a half. <laughs> I promise we didn't do this on purpose, y'all. We really did it. We really did it. <laughs> because, like, the reason why I gave it a seven and a half is because there are some really good songs on there, but there's also some songs that, like, we talked about that you know we would skip in the in the future. So it's not like an album full of like songs you can't skip. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that was just the main reason why I gave it a seven and a half. Just, you know, it, it's, it's a very important album in the history of music for sure. Mm-hmm. But just like in my experience and um, do I think that there are better albums than this out in the world? Just like by the thousands and millions of people that have put out albums. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still a really solid album, I think. Yeah, like I always look at it like rating things one through ten. Like seven and up is going to be good anyway. It's better. It's way better than average, and it's kind of like the top of music that's come out. Yeah. Um, for me, it's not an album that I'm like, oh, you know what? I just want to listen to Crazy Sexy Cool. But there are songs on the album where I'm like, this is going on my playlist because I want to hear this every time I'm listening to this vibe. <laughs> you know, and yes. so it's like more of a singles album for me than it is like a full complete body of work album for me. But because there's only, um, there's like what, not including the interludes, there's only like 10 songs, right? Yeah, there are a lot of interludes on this album. Yeah, so I think if it was just like no interludes, I think it's like 10 to 12 songs or something. And there's probably like four or five that I, I have across different playlists. So that's pretty strong for me to not be a complete body that I listen to, you know? Right, definitely. I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm, I don't. I guess I would probably consider myself like more of a casual fan of TLC because, like I said, my experience with them is basically through um, MTV's TRL. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. like, I wasn't like, you know, f- I haven't like necessarily been following their career very closely throughout mm-hmm. like the time and stuff like that. So for me, you know, it's like I'm more, as more of a casual listener, like I can agree that there are like a lot of I mean, a lot of strong songs, but a lot of songs that I could just like go without hearing. So, yeah, I definitely there are definitely like a handful of songs I would put on a playlist, but mm-hmm. probably it's not. But yeah, like you said, it wouldn't be out and be like, I need to listen to the whole thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think even out of all their albums, um, I listened to Fan Mail and then Ooh on a TLC tip um, mm-hmm. more than I listen to Crazy Sexy Cool. So definitely, yeah, they have and they do have lots of great other music out there. Mm-hmm. So definitely, we you know feel free to c- explore the catalog. Please <laughs> do. If you uh, haven't listened to their albums, definitely take a listen because they're so influential. You can listen to them and hear other artists, especially in R and B, who were influenced by um, TLC. So definitely because I mean, even just um, listening back to this album, there is I forget which song it is, but they there's like a, a lyric in one of their songs about hotel, motel, holiday Inn, And mm-hmm. that's like, you know, like I feel like that was like such a big reference around that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hotel, motel, holiday Inn is like originally from, I think, uh, Sugar Hill Gang. Yes, and that then, is correct. Yeah. And then they reference it, but then it just keeps coming out like <laughs> it keeps coming out. And then like. Even like in music videos, people still dress like the creep video in their music videos. Oh, yeah. I think it's really cool. Definitely. Yeah. People, I mean, that's the thing about TLC too, is they had such a unique, special look. Mm-hmm. Like each person had their, you know, different hair or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Left eye had the little, um, 
whatever you call it underneath her left eye mm-hmm. like she was a football player or something right. <laughs> you know t-boz had an iconic haircut chili she was just like the the sweet one of the group you mm-hmm. know so i think that's like a testament too is because a lot of times in groups more modern day like you don't necessarily know anyone but the lead singer yeah yeah. And then also I would say too, like you mentioned, everyone having their own unique style, but it still works because you either see everyone dressing exactly alike to make it cohesive, uh, maybe different variations of the same pattern. Destiny's Child was really famous for doing that. And then you have a group that tries to have individuality, but it just looks a mess like Fifth Harmony. You still look be <laughs> out in the street. It's like, yeah, you all have your own style, but it looks terrible when you put it together. You know, so it was just... They had the right balance, and I love that. Yeah, they did have the right balance. They sort of like, it was sort of like they took like the Beatles where they had like matching outfits, but each person had a different thing about them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess they kind of took it that way, like a more polished look and things like that, um, as opposed to maybe like the Spice Girls who had a wide variety of uh, <laughs> outfits in their group. Right, right. <laughs> You know, they're all very unique styles and we all know, you know, that's how we would be able to tell each person apart. But that's different from from TLC, because I think, well, obviously, Lisa, I, I don't I don't know if she was I don't know. I don't want to like speculate on who the most like famous one is, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like she was well known a lot because she was the one that was like rapping and she was like had such an iconic look and such a fire about her, like especially mm-hmm. in interviews. Yeah, I think it kind of I think they've all had their time where they were kind of more in the public spotlight. I think Lisa had it a little bit more often and then also because of her death being so publicized and tragic that you know, it it's the first thing you think about, but like there was a time when Chili was really big because she was dating Usher and it was like this whole thing mm-hmm. she was older than him and she was in all his music videos and then you had like T-Boz because she had her lupus, uh, no, anemia, I think, sickle cell anemia scare. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then she made a comeback and things like that. So, like, everyone has kind of, like, had their turn in the in the sun. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, but it's been, it's been a, a wild ride. And I'm very happy to see that they are still with us after all this time, still doing their passion. Definitely. I mean, I've seen more recent uh, concert videos from Mm -hmm. them. And I mean, they still have like, you know, similar uh, hair, you know, their hairstyles Mm -hmm. and things that make them like stand out. But they still look like really like young and like, um, what am I trying to say? Like, they don't look their age, basically. Nice. So like, I'm glad to see that time has treated them well. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's not kind. It is not a kind teacher. Not not kind to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very cool. Before we uh, get out of this episode, I was just wondering if there was like a song or an album that you would like to recommend. You know, maybe the people they're. I mean, I would obviously they're going to or have already checked out Crazy Sexy Cool, but maybe they want something else to listen to while they're at work today. Oh, goodness. How much time do you have? No. Um, <laughs> I would say I would just list um, some things that I'm really into right now um, because I listen. I go back and forth with listening to old and new music. So, mm-hmm. of course, I would say my on repeat, haven't stopped playing them since they came out albums are Beyonce Renaissance and Harry Styles, um, Harry's House. And so those two albums, I just like can't stop listening to them. Like, I'll be like, I'm going to listen to something else. And then I listen to the same thing. Uh, 
If yes. you are into um, gospel music, uh, Doe, D-O-E, um, loving her album. It comes off mm-hmm. very contemporary. And um, some songs you could listen to and not even know it was gospel, but it's just such such good uh, musicianship as well. So I like that. And then I think, oh, old songs right now. I'm just very into um, listening to like 70s R&B. So like uh, Footsteps in the Dark, part one and two are like kind of, mm-hmm. it's like on repeat for me right now. <laughs> okay. Very cool. And definitely like a wide variety there, which is great. Of course, you know, (laughs) we don't know what mood the listeners are in. Right, right. So a little bit of everything for you. (laughs) Definitely. I think um, I am going to recommend an album this week uh, from uh, indie rock artist Phoenix. Mm. And they came out with a new album in 2022 called Alpha Zulu. Okay. And it's like the whole record is really good. Nice. to me like it's like it's one of those records where i want to listen to every song nice. and um the two like you know if i were to like name a couple of songs like as a starting point for people to listen to like to see if you like the album mm-hmm. i would uh list the title track alpha zulu and then there's another really good song called after midnight i'm gonna listen to that i like that recommendation style uh you should start with this song if you want to uh really be into it i like that I mean, yeah, thinking about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good way to like, because I mean, sometimes like if you just put the album on, it can be like kind of an overwhelming thing. It's like, oh, I got to listen to this whole album or whatever. But Mm -hmm. some, you know, sometimes people just want to listen to a couple songs and then they'll come back and listen to the whole album. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. So I I like I like that one a lot. And it's this one is a great um, is a great album, like not only just to listen to but like to have in the background while you're doing other things too so it's it's really good for that as well (laughs) okay i just pulled it up so yes heart that one on your spotify i just did (laughs) (laughs) of course i want to thank uh our special guest today monique from uh, lizzie angel l-i-z-e-e-a-n-g-e-l so you should definitely go check out um her sign up for her mailing list and get her cookbooks and um yeah thanks for coming on the show of course thank you for having me i've been wanting to do your show for a long time so i'm glad we got to do it and i think this just proved how much uh we are besties because oh yeah such similar like answers to these questions that's so funny we were so in sync and and that (laughs) like in in my you know experience of recording like music podcasts and stuff like that in the past uh that doesn't usually happen because you know people have their own opinions (laughs) but we were very like synced we were we were (laughs) so i love that um of course before we go i have to invite our artists onto the show you know just in case they listen to this episode somehow and they're like wow i like what they said about the episode uh we have open invitation to t-boz and chili whenever they would like to come on to to have an, a little interview it can be as long or short as you like I love and, that. can i come back like, if they come yeah if you come back you're more if they if, if i got contacted by them you're more than welcome to be my guest uh interviewer okay awesome i will be in touch <laughs> and uh my contact info is in the description of the pod so if you're like an agent or something and you need to get a hold of me <laughs> i love it 
Yes. Uh, so I feel like we've reached about the end of this podcast. I just wanted to thank everyone. If you've made it this far through the podcast, I want to thank our special guest host. It was just such a fun time recording with you. you. And uh, of course, we'll be back with a, another album next week, which uh, you'll find out what that is later. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.